listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Milk duds are a depression era candy. They're right up there with Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. No, no, hold on. Not too much. Tootsie Rolls are better, for sure. Yeah. This is, it's like Milk Duds and Dots for like the bottom of the barrel Halloween. Candy. Okay, Dots are also my good. Dad, I gotta stop this. My dad Jeez. used to buy Milk Duds for a penny at the at the Fane Theater in Livingston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not God, kidding. He so said he used to be able to go to the movies for a dollar. He said he would pay 75 cents for the movies and then like 10 cents for a Coke and the rest for candy or something like that. Milk duds are good. Oh, okay. Dots are even better. I want you to stop hating on the old school candy. Some of them Dots are will break stuff. your Why teeth. Really? They'll pull your teeth out of your gums. <laughs> you really showing your age, my brother. <laughs> those are good candies. God damn, T. No, you really those, are. Those are like on the same Especially level. for a movie theater. Those are two top tier movie theater candies. I would not have oh, them. No. Hold on, hold on. Do, do you like licorice? <laughs> uh, I like Twizzlers, but not red vines. Red vines are disgusting. I'm, I'm, are disgusting. I'm judging you, my brother. I'm judging Twizzlers you. Twizzlers are another delicious movie. The candy. red vines and Twizzlers beat doesn't make any sense to me. They taste exactly the same. No, they don't. Red, red flavored red, rubber. Red vines taste like a, like a used tire. The, the, <laughs> the texture is wrong. Twizzlers are perfect. So. So you admit rubber. He just so no, old he used to have to pop his own corn. Add <laughs> <laughs> the little foil on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like blew up like we definitely had a, we definitely did our popcorn old school. We definitely did our popcorn in the <laughs> Jiffy when pop. I was a kid. We definitely did our popcorn in the damn pot. In the we did the real popcorn. That's the better, that's the superior way, by the way. Uh all right. Speaking of hey, we're back at the movies, folks. This is a good sign. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> we're back, back at the movies. Here. Welcome to One Take Podcast, episode 163. Don't give me 163? I think. That's my guess. I should know because we do one of these a month now. Um, Let's see. That doesn't sound right. Episode 161. Damn, episode 161. We both were wrong, Dex. We are joined by Luster, who if you're watching on streaming or YouTube, he you cannot see, but we promise he's there. Yeah, man. My fault, y'all. My fault. No, it's fine, man. Thank you for joining us. How did you, hey, man, thank you. enjoy the Marvels? Um, when I watch Marvel movies, I, I do it twice. First time for entertainment, second time just to like see what I missed and like study it a little bit. But I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was great. I say it was good. Um, this is a Kamala uh, Khan stand account nice. over here. Period. Turn I rock up. with I rock with Big Iman. Um, Tiana Paris is an angel from sent from yes. God, and uh, Brie, she, she's grown on me as Captain Marvel, but I, I enjoyed it. We'll get to your review here in a second. Well, I'm glad that Brie Larson has uh, grown on you now that she's just completely finished with this universe. But uh, <laughs> she's finished, brothers. Let me tell you that that is one checked out woman. I don't blame her for being checked out, but she is done. It's senioritis hours for Brie Larson. Dex and Tej, how are we doing? We get we're back with another Marvel movie. This has been the first one in a minute. Actually, we review all of them, but this is the first one in a long time. Marvel is back up, and even even if it took to get even if it's actually not see it, even if it it took mm-hmm. me to see the vision into the post credit scene, Marvel is back up. Not because so of the Marvels, 
but we're for, we've never been more back. And I'm going to take it from a positive perspective because we're fucking back into theaters and life is good. Um, I all don't right. care about the haters and losers who aren't going to see this movie because they hate women and because they're mm-hmm. bad and awful people who don't understand real cinema. But for those of us who are real cinema appreciators, we back up. Uh, haters and losers, of which there are many online. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the power's back. Yeah. <laughs> the Marvels came out a couple weeks ago by the time that you're listening to this. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambo, forcing them to work together to save the universe. Written, directed by Nia DaCosta, who you may know from uh, Candyman fame, the Candyman remake or reboot, reimagining which we reviewed on this podcast now, I think two years ago. So this is what she's been up to. Uh, Also written by Megan McDonald and Alyssa Karasik. Stars Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, looking just fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm. God bless that woman. (laughs) That's a good woman. Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, Zawi Ashton as Darbin, as the main main bad guy. And uh, yeah, that... That's really the most notable names. Of course, all of the um, all of the people, including one who shall not be named from the Marvels cast. But uh, they're all back and having a good time on screen. And this movie made no money. Um, <laughs> no money being relative. But the lowest, their the, the lowest opening weekend ever, right? Yes, it was the lowest, especially domestic lowest in China, I believe, too. But comes with a caveat. This is the highest opening for a woman of color director in history. So there's that as well, too. But that means that, that, yeah, for Marvel, it is. Um, well, it may not be woman of color. It may be black woman, but I'm I'm not completely sure on that. Don't yeah. get me lying. One of those stats is right. I don't one of those that will flip a coin. Yeah. But $220 million budget. Uh, guys, do women play guess the box office? It can't be because Chloe Zhao had a debut as well for a very shitty movie that was worse than the Marvels. So if it's, yeah, it can't be women of color. Yeah, it's got to be black. Uh, come on, women. Right. So uh, do we want to play guess the box office? Luster, do you have a guess of uh, gross worldwide? Uh, I saw it. Gross worldwide? I'm going to say... 38 million worldwide. Oh, no, it's not that low, but I mean, oh, that would have been a nightmare. I feel like domestic was like 45, and so worldwide, I'm gonna guess like a hundred. Yeah, opening weekend was 45 across the U.S. and Canada. So far, it's made 116 million worldwide. Um, oh, they broke. Yeah, how much does it cost? $220 million. Oh my god! Million. No yeah, way! All of these movies cost that much, Siege. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Good God! Samuel Jackson's getting paid. If, well, props to him. And I hope Imam Vilani took them to the bank because she had to carry this fucking film. <laughs> she had the whole team on her back in her Boy. first fucking film. She she did the yeoman's work. She she had a hard day mm-hmm. out there carrying the chemistry of this cast. And I hope she got paid very well. Real cool. You want me to, yeah, this you want me to blow to your mind? Yeah. The Taylor Swift movie made $92.8 million opening weekend in America. Hold on. Taylor Swift got a movie. <laughs> no, you don't need to see that, brother. We don't, we don't, you need to watch any Taylor Swift. Hey, uh, I, 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 I don't want nothing to do with that. It, uh, 
Well, a lot of people did, and it made uh, it, <laughs> it made twice as much at the domestic box office. As the Damn. Mm. <laughs> Marvel's in the mud. Now, now we see who they should have cast as Miss Marvel. We could have we could have had Facts. some, some co-branding going. I don't want to get into can Taylor Swift actually act thing because she's been in uh, a couple of movies now and will be in more. Um, so I'm not going to have that discourse. Have I seen any of the films that she's been in? What has she been in? She was in Amsterdam for like five seconds, but nobody saw that movie except me. So. I didn't see that film because everybody told me it was Huff. That she was in those. Yeah, you good. remember when they were doing those movies that they would put like a thousand stars in and then name it after a holiday? Valentine's Day. She yeah. was in Valentine's uh, Day. She's one of those. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this movie also came out to middling reviews. It has uh, a positive score now, if you will. 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it, st- it started out with like a 54% or something like that. People were giving it like zero out of fives. Those it are the haters and the losers. Hate. Those are the haters and the losers. A zero out of five for this movie is insane. That's yeah, insane. I'm, uh, so first of all, the movie's only about 17 minutes long, so you really don't, it really doesn't cost you much when, if you put your investor time into this movie. This movie ended fast as shit. We were in the third act, and I, I looked, at, I went to go see this with Mo. I looked at Mo, I was like, Holy shit, we're in the third act. I feel like we just sat down, mm-hmm. like we just got our popcorn. We're in the third fucking act already. Yeah, but that was an episode of What If. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wa- I've been watching all those Taylor Sheridan series. One episode of that shit is about two thirds of this movie. So yeah, it's it, it was I, short. I'm about to be Taylor Sheridan Hive. Uh, obviously, uh, he he wrote Sicario, which makes him good in the hood in any in any hood already. But I had never I've never seen any of the cowboy shows. I've never seen them. But I watched that Zoe Saldana one. That shit was way better than it had any reason to be. That shit uh, was entertaining. <laughs> I, I had a really... fucking time. I, I totally understand really why people like ready. it. I hope you're really ready for like Republican coding, like being uh, thrown at you. But sure. Oh, I was literally. This is a war propaganda show. The show was like all military propaganda. So there's a lot of you could tell what kind of vibes that they're on politically. But that shit is fun. I'm sorry, that shit is a great time. Props to Zoe and props to Taylor. I'm about to watch all those cowboy shows. The prequel, <laughs> the sequel. I'm about to watch all them shows. Republicans <laughs> watch TV too. Um. 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% audience score. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Uh, funny, refreshingly brief, and elevated by the chemistry of its three leads. The Marvels is easy to enjoy in the moment, despite its cluttered story and jumbled tonal shifts. Luster, you got a little bit uh, of a preview there with your with your review. Give it your full review and uh, give it a letter grade if you can. All right. So... My review of this movie. Uh, kind of, I, I enjoyed the pacing of it. Um, we start off with, with the villain Darbin, or Dar- Darbin, mm-hmm. who was a Zawi Ashen, beautiful woman. And then, like, when they transition to, like, well, where's the other band? And we get the Kamala. I'm like, okay, Kamala, she's doing her thing. Standing on business, doing her little homework. <laughs> and the overall story, I do, I did enjoy it. Um, like, how the powers intertwine them uh can we talk about the mid or post yet well yeah save it for save it for okay okay all right i'm jumping the gun but uh i would say my letter grade overall i would say a a strong b minus yeah and i feel like that's where a lot of people are right now 
Um, yeah. I think that's pretty universal across this oh. podcast. Two decks. One thing. Go ahead. I was I was a C plus at first, but I went up to a B minus. That's funny how we're all end up at the same at the same point. Here. My second watch, it went to a B minus, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Prince Yan Park Sua June, my my Korean homie. I uh, watch a lot of K Parasite Legend, so it's good. Yeah, it's good to see the homie out here getting some money, getting that Marvel check. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Was he in Parasite? Yes, that's the kid. That's the guy yeah. from Parasite. No way. Okay. Yes, it is. Wow. He's out here, brothers. I didn't even peep. Goddamn. My my, my brother, he out here working. That is the, the, yeah. Get the bag. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm glad he (laughs) recovered from that head wound. (laughs) Dex, uh, I think you probably had the most fun out of all of us. Like, you you were really high praise on your letterbox account, which... I'm sure people really loved. Um, yeah, yeah, you were you were nicer. You were very nice to this film on your letterbox. I, you, I you, found you, this movie delightful. Like <laughs> it was so much fun. Talk about it. Like uh, I'm here for everything that they can possibly do with Kamala Khan. Let's turn that shit keep up. It, let's keep it rolling. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Miss Marvel a great deal, and they kept the vibes going with this one. She's funny every time. I love her being like an Avengers super fan. That's something we don't really get to see a lot in uh, these movies. Like, you know, how these people are fucking celebrities, which makes sense. They save the world every, like, six months, you know? So it's... I think the last time we saw that was Peter Parker. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, like, and so I, I love that. I think it's awesome. And, like, having a teenage girl who, like, idolizes Captain Marvel just makes her feel... Oh, more connected to the rest of the MCU because, like, honestly, she felt shoehorned in. Uh, when they first dropped her movie, it was like, oh, back in the 90s, there, Brie Larson was here. Like, you didn't see it, but she was here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it, she matters. It's, it's dope. Um, and then we talked about Tiana Paris. She's, I'll watch her in anything. She's been great the entire time she's been in the MCU. I liked. Uh, the story they kind of played off there with like her reuniting with uh, Carol Danvers after all those years and stuff like that. They could have probably given a little more emotional weight, but um, quick movie, mostly a comedy. Like it's fine that they didn't make it all super dramatic, but yeah, I just really enjoyed the movie. I thought the villain was fun, made sense why they were doing what they were doing, which is all you can ask for, for an MCU villain pretty much. Um uh-huh. So, yeah, I ended up giving it, like, a B. Like I said, just delightful. All the jokes with, like, Kamala and her family, just all of them hit for me. The the flurgan cat shit, that was funny. Like, yeah, I just really like this movie. It's a B. Teach? Like I said, I gave it a B minus. Uh, let me start with the negatives because I actually had a very good time with this film. First of all, first of all I love, 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 love Ms. Marvel. But Ms. Marvel was the the good part of Ms. Marvel was the fact that we got this amazing chemistry with this family at the center of it who had perfect chemistry, perfect one-liners. The, the jokes were culturally specific. It did not feel forced. It, it, it We're literally talking about uh, partition in a way that did not feel forced, that felt grounded to the story. That part of Ms. Marvel really worked. The criticism of Ms. Marvel, which was fair, was the superhero stuff. The budget wasn't high. Shit looked wonky at times. It's like, okay, she's exploring her power set, and she's crushing it. She's doing everything she needs to do. But the superhero stuff is just not that cool in that show. 
but you stay keep watching because there's this family at the center of it that's just perfect. So this film incorporating not just Iman Vellani, who I think is the MCU's next big star, incorporating her and that family dynamic throughout this film is just perfect. When they're switching power sets and one of the sets that they're one of the places that they're switching into is the living room with the family. So we get the dad and the brother Unreal. making one-liners. That's one of the best sets. That, that stuff is wow. so good, man. That stuff is as funny and and is like punchy as anything you'll see in, in in this in this phase of the MCU. Uh, the fight scenes are cool. The way they're switching powers is cool. The way it's framed is cool. Like you're having a good time. But like the first part where we're in a comic book, like in a literal animated comic book for three or four minutes, I'm like, please get this off my screen. This is stupid. I don't love this. Then you know we're, we're doing the power switching, and then we finally get into the actual meat of the emotional story. And that stuff just doesn't work in this film. It just doesn't. The, the, the film is it too short. Not. The film is too short to really explore those tension points that are supposed to be there emotionally. And look, I'm not blaming her. She is an Oscar-winning actress. I saw Room. I had a great time watching her performance. I think that she, she she's great. So I'm not going to shit on her as an actress. If I didn't know anything about Brie Larson, I would think she was a bad actress after watching this film. But Marvel has done her no favors with this character, and I don't want to put myself in concert with the haters or the losers or the misogynists or the incels about the way that they treated that woman in that first film, which I think is a perfectly fine movie. We did a whole podcast on it. You can go back and listen to it. I think it's a perfectly fine movie. There's nothing wrong with the first Miss Marvel movie. But there's a lot that's not right with the first Miss Marvel movie, and it's because of the way that they're writing this character and get what they're giving Brie Larson to do or not do. She seems completely checked out. The scene where she finally reveals to the other two Marvels why the, our big bad and her people hate hate her hate Brie Larson. They're calling her the Annihilator. When she finally reveals that to the squad, I felt nothing. I felt less than nothing. Th- those scenes just do not work. And in a movie that's so short, those scenes falling flat really hurt the movie. And it really took me out of the moments of genuine fun we're having with the Mavan Villani, who's fucking hilarious just like she is in miss marvel she's her jokes are amazing and half this movie is just her literally screaming because she's being put in positions that like a regular woman from new jersey has never been in i shouldn't see flurgans eating people i shouldn't be falling to my death because i switched powers to miss marvel who can fly and i can't fly like there's just a lot of her screaming and being like oh my god but when she's actually talking and gets to incorporate the chemistry of the three marvels she's really the glue that holds it together because brie is not funny, does not have a personality, and I'm Brie as in Mon- as in uh, Carol Danvers, not necessarily Brie Larson. Carol Danvers has basically no personality, and Monica Rambeau is gorgeous and funny in the moment she gets to be funny, but that's not her strong suit. And so the, the real funny is coming from Villani and her family in the movie, and when they are on screen, the movie really works. The villain works. The fight scenes work. It, it, this movie looks perfectly fine. It doesn't. It's not going to wow you, but it doesn't look bad. But the emotional stuff really falls apart, and I think it's because of how where have we have put Carol Danvers in that character. It's not fleshed out enough. It just does not work. And having that in the middle of a film where she is the lead of the film, she is the star of the film. She isn't actually the star of the film, but she is the lead of the film. Having her there is just taking up dead space, and it's not her fault, but it's it really hurts the movie. So I gave it a B-. minus. But there's a lot of fun shit in here. And I, I, I don't think the sky is falling, as some people have I have been saying online. The movie has some legitimately fun moments and some legitimately good moments. And I think kids will love it. I think it'll do well on streaming. I think that Marvel is in a perfectly fine place. And I think we are I think we're back. I think we're good. I think we're fine. 
And I think people need to go appreciate this film for what Amal Vidal was able to do because she's got big things in her future in the MCU and maybe outside of it because she's just phenomenal. This is this woman's first time being in a movie. That's insane that she was that good and punched. She had to score 47 points for them to even remain in contention to stay in this game. And she did it in her rookie year. Wimby could never do what she just did. So never. B minus, oh. B minus, swag, Iman Vellani out. I, I love you, Monica Rambeau, Tiana Paris. Please marry me or step on my throat or both. Uh, I gave it to B minus. Stand up, brother. <laughs> you you was cooking, man. I have Tiana a spine. Looks, Tiana Paris looks fucking phenomenal in this film. It is insane. That she's walking around this film looking like that the entire time in that suit. That's it's that is a sight to behold. Fitted, I will say. <laughs> Very um, fitted suit. Um no, I like there are people just actively rooting for this movie to fail and for Marvel as whole to fail. And I don't I guess once you reach the pinnacle, like people are all it's like people want to tear you down, you know what I mean? why people wanted to tear down the Marvels is separate from why people wanted to tear down big M Marvel. But, uh, so those are two kind of separate things, but this not working completely justifies, you know, the left justifies the right, you know, a a little bit, but I, I just don't get it because this was a good movie. I, I, I just, I genuinely, it was so I just had it fun. That's that's the only thing that I'm asking for these movies now is that they, they that they are put together coherently and that they are fun. And mm-hmm. and a lot of people have wanted to ascribe more um prestige to this this thing that I think we need to because they'll tell you when something is prestigious and they'll tell you when something is not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and they definitely we're like, this is a movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is a movie you can go see and have fun over the Thanksgiving holiday. It's basically what it was. Uh, they'll tell you when you gab in game. They'll tell you when we have the next thing. Yeah, they tried to tell us that like, Chloe Zhao was an Oscar campaign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll know. You'll know when it's like, oh, they actually went for Big C Cinema this time. They tried to tell us that that's what Chloe Zhao was doing. That's the only time they've ever really lied about like, when somebody's mark, coming in to yeah. make Big C Cinema because they lied. Yeah. They, they, that, there's, that movie shouldn't be nominated for an award and should be never watched again. It hasn't even been acknowledged again in the MCU. <laughs> there's a big fucking celestial sticking out of the fucking ocean. Nobody ain't said shit about that shit. Bruh. It's just gone. Where'd he go? Um, I, I my, my one real... Uh, thing about this movie and as the MCU as a whole uh, and you know I'm kind of tired of those conversations in general because none of us are right no one's right we don't know you know what I mean if they could if they put out they put out Deadpool as the next movie in 2024 and everybody absolutely loves it then we're back you know what I mean so I don't it it doesn't really this whole is the sky falling thing is sort of become uninteresting to me but I will say this. I know y'all watched Loki and we all talked about how we love Miss Marvel. Don't say we all because Dex is in the chat and I'm sure Dex does not watch Loki. I'm sure. Of it. I, I did watch Loki. Sure. Thank you. Y'all oh, watched Loki. Okay. I haven't watched Loki. <laughs> what oh. are you doing? I'm watching Republican uh, Paramount Plus. That's how I know <laughs> that we are really back. You watch Loki, you will see that we are fully back. We are back. 
but the, mm-hmm. here's my here's my thing is that we all love Miss Marvel. We all kind of like the introduction of that character. We got to spend some time with her. I think we have said I think we reviewed it. We have said that like it fell off sort of towards the end, but we all loved the whole sort of what they were doing creatively with it, the spider verse of it all at the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of that to me in this movie in general, even though how short it is to me says we don't need those series. We don't. We can introduce characters very quickly and everybody can just be like, oh, okay, she has powers too. She's a teenager. And we're all just yeah, like, Yeah, but Boy, we love money. We love it. It's our favorite <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> That's true. I forgot. Sorry. I forgot about uh, I forgot about capitalism. That's my bad. I do I agree with you generally, <laughs> but I feel like if we're gonna do cool random shit, like that's dope. What I don't need is boring random shit like Moon Knight. Yeah. Moon Knight. That, Whoa, that, you don't like Moon Knight? Please we don't are... defend Moon Knight on this podcast. Moon that shit's garbage. Sick, brother. Oh, brother. Let me put that cape on right quick. No. And we love Oscar <laughs> Isaac on this podcast. We love him. We were very excited he was coming to the MCU. We love him. That shit was a bag of turds. That shit was huff. <laughs> that shit's. You stinks. willingly eat dots, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, man. All opinions are null and void. (laughs) Look, man, I I would love to talk to Oscar Isaac about uh, good things that he's done. Like, you know, Dune. Of which there are many. Yeah, anything else? (laughs) I'm not sure you do. One Star Wars movie? Yeah, shout out to Oscar Isaac. He did uh, most uh, racially ambiguous man of all time, but next, next to Rami Malek, <laughs> Oscar Isaac could be from anywhere. <laughs> you just never fucking know. But Moon Knight fucking sucks. He cannot be from uh, Britain anymore. That accent was garbage, and I hated it. <laughs> he can be from here except Britain, no more. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is that like we don't necessarily need one boring origin stories anymore or two pro uh, elongated disney plus series you know what i mean if it's good it's good i'm just saying don't put out bad unfinished products that that we don't need is is all i'm saying because just give me an hour and 45 minute movie and i'm in there and then we're done we're done and it worked and that's all I'm saying. If you would have just introduced Miss Marvel in this, everybody would have been like, cool, I'm in. Like, it just, that's it. That's all I'm saying. But to get to the movie as a whole, quick, fast-paced, uh, Nia DaCosta directs some of the best action that I've seen in some of these movies in a long time. The the transition fight between the house and outer space and different realities or not different realities, but different dimensions was mm-hmm. unbelievable. I thought that was I. That's when I text y'all in the middle of the movie. It was like this is fun as hell. This is so fun. Yeah, and it's all set to Beastie Boys Intergalactic, I think, which is sick. Like, I I just I had a fun time watching it. The where it doesn't pay off, Teed, you're absolutely right. They try to put in some emotional beats. They really try to shoehorn in a story, which I think. It like makes me think that this was a longer movie before it de- got delayed and they cut a bunch of mm-hmm. shit out of it with the Captain Marvel killing the AI that ran the ran that society or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not the scrolls, but what uh, I got the Cree, that part. the Cree, yeah. 
it, it, it makes me think that this movie was probably about like two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. And they're like chopping in half and they, they absolutely kind of yanked some stuff out of here. Um, Brie Larson. Sure. Uh, I, I personally love the work of Brie Larson. She is in, um, she now is transitioned into get that money queen era of her career. And yeah, she's getting it. And she is in a Fast and Furious movie and is in like Nissan commercials. And yeah, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know if she's phoning it in. She goes to work every day, but like, but it's different than when she was on the come up leading into Captain Marvel. And look, maybe like we as a viewing public, I'm using the general we because we know who it was. It was weird white guys on Twitter that really like soured like this whole industry for her it seems but i just think that like i i think that like she's given definitely given better performances even as this character the um, rent is no longer due yeah <laughs> the rent is <laughs> she's good she's got it on yeah she's got it on auto going through um tiana paris Sometimes up, sometimes down. Like the emotional stuff again between her. I agree and with that. I totally. Carol, agree I was like, that. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, you're, what is happening here? And then sometimes I did, she wanted to be silly, and I was like, that doesn't match what. It's just like kind of up and down. Yeah. But when she was, she was having fun in the movie. So that's that's all I ask is that you know what movie you're in, and the whole dancing part and singing part of the movie, which I guess we can talk about. I um, found it delightful. I found it delightful, but I like too. she knew exactly what movie she was in when she was just like grooving like a little just, bit kind of like just vibe a little bit yeah. yeah exactly she had a couple drinks she's like grooving a little bit and look Iman Bilani, uh i think she's gonna carry a lot of this on her back Unfor- yes. unfortunately and fortunately for her career is that yeah. is that they are putting a lot of stock into her Haley steinfeld uh fortunately for us uh florence Pugh. they're putting oh, a yeah, lot brother. of like into these younger actors mm-hmm. and act or actresses in fact and i I think she's prepared for it, even though this is her like third acting credit ever. Uh, I just I thought she was delightful. Um, it's time for Florence you to come back to the MCU. It is time, Florence. You've you've been doing interesting yeah. things. Some things we've watched. Some things even we haven't watched. And we are the number one Florence Pugh podcast in America. So you know, it's time for you to come back. We love you in the MCU. Uh, we need you back. Feed the streets. Come home. Thunderbolt is over. <laughs> Thunderbolts expected July twenty fifth, two thousand twenty five. We're not. That's not a real year. We're not even going to be alive. <laughs> oh no! Not us being followed. Followed. But uh, just, can we get? To, um, this is a minor spoiler. The fact yeah. that we did this whole film, and then at the end of the film. Captain Marvel literally just flies up to the sun and goes, oh, I can just hit that little switch and reset this bitch. Okay, Bruh. cool. I was like, wait, Why'd you do that we just first? did this whole, we, we could have started that. <laughs> I could not believe that's how that film bit. I was like, wait, that's all we had to do? That's literally all we had to do? All Why'd these you people do that just first? Yeah. Well, that was your first thought. <laughs> I got all this power. What if I just didn't do that? <laughs> What if I did the smart thing for once? Not only it, did she fuck up their, their their planet, she did not come home to where the people needed her on Earth because she felt so guilty about the fact that she ruined the sun. 
of the people that lived on Hala, and she never once thought maybe I should try to do something about the sun just like literally dying yeah, and being all, my fault. They're all suffocating on that planet. On. She's like, they'll figure it out. We just, just hit it's the smart. reset that bitch like an iPhone. That's all she had to do. <laughs> Have you tried slapping the AI on the side? <laughs> Blowing it's in it like a Nintendo cartridge. Yeah. Um, Holy no, fuck. Get that TV in I, I give it a I give it a B. I had a really good time watching it. I think people are thinking about this stuff a little bit too hard, which we're about to probably eviscerate it here in like two seconds about like the plot holes that didn't make sense. But just letting it envelop you and go over you and wash over you and then leave. I cannot stress enough. It's an hour and 30 minutes, really. <laughs> like, yeah. good God. That is, that is, oh, it's, it's right up, right up my alley. I love it. And the thing for me is MCU movies are so much more fun when every single one is not a referendum on the MCU. Like, I feel yeah. like that's the problem that a lot of critics have. It's like. Every MCU review they write, it's like an update on their Marvel fatigue. And it's like, bro, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm here for an hour and a half in this movie theater enjoying a comedy where this, like, teenage girl is freaking out, meeting her idol, and kicking people's ass. That's cool, man. Like, I don't I don't need to sit here thinking about, oh, there's so many series and movies. Oh, Disney. Eh, they own everything. I don't care, dude. Not the problem. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tej, you... you seem to have more to want to talk about in this movie so yeah and i won't go i know we we will turn to the uh in the mid credit and the end credit scenes but i i, I really enjoyed the I, I expected the mix of these power sets to become off a bit weird and having it so that they're all so off balance because they're switching powers really let us get into the awkwardness of what it's like to when you're teaming up with your rival but she's switching places with her. So the family is meeting Captain Marvel and then she gets back to her house and she's like, wait, Captain Marvel was here? Like she was like right here. She's losing her shit. Like that that works really well. Uh and Monica Rambeau is like a good sport about the and the jokes and the way that they're interacting in the house. And that family, Kamala Khan's family, her mother is in, is amazing. And in fact, the most emotional scene in this film is when her when Kamala Khan's mother thinks that Kamala is in danger. She finally gets back to her and she there's a moment where they hug and they embrace each other but then there's a moment where Kamala's got to go back out into the field and do more work and the speech that her mom gives her which is basically like I love you I know you have to go out and save the world like I'm with you we will we will always be in your corner that's the most emotional point in the movie because you could tell Kamala and her mother character have so much chemistry because they did a whole show together and you could really see that where every time Brie Larson had a conversation with one of the other Marvels it was just like man they, I feel like these 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 people just met like seventeen, yep. like they that just met like they they did they, they did like a they did a the script read was the first time these people have ever been in the room together, and Iman Vellani being so good and having such a good natural charisma helps that glue a little bit, but you can really feel that there's just not a lot of stuff working through Brie. Not to mention the fact that on the story beat point, it's really like the whole movie, Captain Marvel is just like telling people what to do and then getting shit on for her bad decision making either in the past or in the present. And so there's a lot of like, there's you're telling these two people of color what to do. And then they come back and be like, see, we told you so like, what the fuck we like. And it's a lot of that. Whoa, and you can feel I that. never thought about that. I also and, didn't and you, think about you that. Can, and you can feel that. You can literally feel that literally like, you know, like she, she's, 
she's uh monica is crying at one point because of an emotional uh thing that she's going through and imam Vellani gives her a hug and has to tell like captain marvel like hey like give her a hug she needs to be supported right now there's yeah, a bro, lot of banking leader there's a lot of that like that like literally just be a normal person with like a human emotion for once but captain marvel's like a robot man she's op which is off the scaling issue also plays a part because this one villain god bless her heart is fighting three superheroes and one of them is the strongest superhero that we've seen in the mcu so they have to do like you know like zaway ashen has a has a like a uh what is she adjudicator whatever those people the the ronin yeah. the ronin the accuser what he, she's he's one of those she's one of those so like she has a staff that like absorbs their powers because you have to find a way to make her as powerful as they are that's a really smart way to get around the fact that captain marvel is op as fuck it's just what what are we doing with the captain marvel character does brie want to be here do people need Brie here? I understand you've had great success with her in that role monetarily, but does she want to be here? Do the people want her here? And are you going to commit to giving her a fully fleshed out story? We still have not seen a human emotion from Captain Marvel. I don't know she's not a human, but like we haven't seen no emotion from her. None at all be, about any of the shit. To be fair, she was in space like by herself for like 30 years. So like I get her not having proper human reactions to things. Like she's she's literally oh. been dolo out there on the ship in space by herself. So, her and her yeah, what alien. Do you, what, do you mean hug? <laughs> what do you mean hug? <laughs> what I did like about this movie is this is and this is why I love women, is that like it it was like if they had a problem with each other, they really just like talked about it and then hugged each other and then it was better. <laughs> Except for that one time where Captain Marvel broke into their memories by mistake to get to the exposition. But then it was, but no, but then after that, it was just fun. Like they like talked about it. They said, I'm sorry. They had to talk about it. Like, I'm sorry. It was done. If that was dudes, if that was Captain, if that was Captain America, he would have been like, Oh, I'm gonna go like run ten miles or whatever. And, like, like, like <laughs> I'm gonna go throw my. We're not gonna address this. Hard. Yeah, that's. I mean, it just was like pretty accurate. I just feel like it was really, uh, really well done. But when they, um, go ahead. When we get to the singing planet, so one of the planets, the the whole everything they say is like in in like a in song. They only can speak in songs. So it's basically like it turns into a musical for a quick minute. And the way that Elma Villani is dancing and Monica Rambeau are dancing like in the background and, and Captain Marvel is trying to keep it low key because she's like actually a god on this planet. Like basically, it, that stuff works really well when she finally has a conversation with the boy toy. It's like, oh, are they like dating? Do they have like some kind of They're chemistry? Married. Maybe Captain Marvel has a boyfriend? No, it's not. It's basically nothing. It's basically a business relationship. We can't get shit. Is Valkyrie shows up? Is Valkyrie trying to hit on Captain Marvel? Is there some vibes there? Tessa Thompson is beautiful. Like so, like there could be some vibes there. We have no idea because Captain Marvel is a fucking robot. She, 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 there's nothing. There's no emoting. We don't know what kind of vibe she's getting from anyone, and she doesn't have to have a love interest, but she has to have some kind of human emotion, and it just, it's just not there. And you could really, really feel it. And I don't think it's a Brie Larson issue. Other, unless you want to question her motivation. And I don't blame her. I'm getting all the fucking money in the world and you fucking incel asshole dorks are in my mentions for the last two years talking shit. Fuck you. The movie's perfectly fine. Like, So I understand why she's checked out. But oof, it was tough to have her be... She's supposed to be our leading scorer and she's not cooking on offense. She's like Jalen Green every fourth night. 
Like we oh, need her to be to ah, be cooking. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, like if we go on basketball route, like she's the big she's the figurehead of the group. She's their leader and she's not putting up the necessary scoring and she's kind of washed. I would say she's a James Harden. Ooh. Hey, 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 what are you doing? Huh? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Brie Larson is Draymond Green. Uh, yeah, that's where I thought <laughs> you were going. Yes, I was going Draymond too. <laughs> Choke that man out. Her choking someone would have been the most interesting thing she did in this film, by the way. If she just yeah. stopped using her powers in the middle of a fight just choked the shit out of someone, that would have been so great. I like I like Captain Marvel as Draymond. That seems fun. I got no, does, ready. does this feel like a movie? Stay with me here. Does this feel like a movie made for a Gen Z audience for the first time in a long time? A Marvel movie made for a Gen Z audience? I very much felt that. I thought I was like, kids are gonna love this shit. I, mean, I Thor: Love and Thunder exists, but well, oh, that's yeah. True. There's literal <laughs> fart jokes in that film. Literal fart jokes. So, but but like. That's made by that's made by Gen X or like way older millennial Taika Waititi. I don't know how old Nia DaCosta is, but this it with the integration of Captain or of Miss Marvel, who is I think in like sixteen or whatever. But yeah. like in the quick cutting, especially when they're figuring wow. out their powers and things like that, and then the quick cut off of like jokes and and what you see on tiktok this feels really to me what i've noticed for gen z and uh probably not even gen alpha but like like gen z is that all the jokes cut off really quickly they're they're just like this was a joke process it and so i think that to me no exactly and this feels like the first to me gen z because it's Obviously, for people with ADHD, it, it was over in an hour and a half. So I, you know, <laughs> quick, quick pace, quick pace. That's true. Yeah, I walked away thinking oh. the same thing. I walked away thinking this is a this movie. This movie skews younger, and it makes sense because of what they have planned next for the Miss Marvel character. It makes perfect sense that to to have this movie be in that in that vein because you need to basically soft launch what the next thing is. And I thought they did a good job of yeah. that, yeah, not yeah, just in, in in the in the scene, but also tonally. They really did a good job of establishing what kind of tone you need to have to have a slightly younger, uh, you know, slanting movie and and who they're aiming these things at. And I, I could definitely feel that in the movie. Oh, by the way, Nia uh, DaCosta, she's only 34 years old. Okay. That makes so, so much uh, yeah. sense. She's on TikTok for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, should, we should get to the mid in the post. Okay. Luster, you had a you had a thing about the 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 mid yeah. and the post credit scene. So, what so, happens is real quick, just to, to describe it, is that Tiana Paris decides that she can only close the portal that is splitting dimensions, which is getting really kind of convoluted at this point. Um, <laughs> about splitting dimensions in the MCU, she can only close it from the other side because. I, I guess that's just how like the physics Jesus. work. Yeah, like yeah. you gotta push the door rather than because science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it opened this way instead of inward. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's why. So she's on the other side of this portal into a different dimension. She closes it. Brie Larson doesn't get there in time. Yada yada yada. 
that's why she relights the sun because she feels guilty actually not because she wanted to do it but um yeah, uh, yeah she was really like, about people, that? for real <laughs> <laughs> really well fuck them did there's my obstinate fuck them niggas hey what kills me about the whole portal situation is let's say you open like someone's front door and you want to go back home but you close it on the inside like what what sense does that make <laughs> it was like, wait, I can't get out. If oh, I this is it. your house? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to get back home, but I ended up stuck yeah. in your house. I'm guessing yeah. what you know. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. But so she closes the portal or whatever, but she wakes up. Uh, and when she wakes up, she sees what we know to be as her mom. Um, who, oh. Who's that actress? Um, she is uh, Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch. Which I yeah. know she's, had a, she's had a great year. Yeah, we've yeah. we've sung her praises on this podcast a thousand times, but um, Lashana Lynch, who we knew from Captain Marvel and from this mm-hmm. movie as her mother, and um, uh, Multiverse of uh, Madness. Yeah, and so yep. she, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, she, I totally she forgot. Was that Captain uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I yeah, totally she was Captain that. Marvel, and that and that. Yeah, she was. That makes okay. That Got adds body <laughs> along with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, that adds more to this now that we know that John Krasinski isn't going to be uh, the new. He's not going to be Reed Richards anymore. Reed Richards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we come out and she doesn't know who Monica Rambo is, and she's freaking out, which is good acting by Tiana Paris in that scene. She's saying, "Mom, mom." Very and much. And then Beast shows up. Kelsey Grammer's Beast, not a different, not a different Beast. Kelsey Grammer's Beast shows up. Uh, with Kelsey Grammer voice, and it looks fucking terrible. I'll get that out of the way before y'all can. No, it doesn't. It looks bad. It looks very bad. Did, um, did it look bad? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yes. But like I they... don't care. Compared to the Fox, <laughs> a, compared to the Fox version where he was just wearing nothing but leather. Yeah, well, well, they where they actually put him in makeup, but I guess you're not gonna get Kelsey Grammer in makeup. <laughs> yeah. He's in his seventies. Like, no, thank you, but. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's beast shows up and it puts in ushers in the X-Men are actually here. This isn't the first one to do that, but it is like we see an X-Men on screen in an MCU movie. The X-Men are here. We're in a different dimension. We're in on a different earth. Luster. What is your problem? Oh, I didn't really say I had a problem with that. Oh, my bad. Uh, my problem is it's in the past. It was about the whole AI situation, but I, I loved it, man. Um, I almost got spoiled the other day. Uh, I was in the spaces with Teach, and somebody was talking about it. I was like, let me just wait. But I love the whole situation where uh, Lashawn is playing another character, and Tiana waking up, be like, "Mom, mom, this," like thinking she's finally got her mom back after the blip, and her mom died of cancer. But um. I love where they're going. I love the direction. We're finally in X Men. Um, I think they tried to tie it into what was the um, what Spider Man version of movie was it, where they were opening up different portals. Far from home. Far from home. I think they tried no to pull the home. trigger with no yeah. way home. No way home. Somebody, somebody didn't go home. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, think, home. <laughs> I love the direction that they headed with uh, with us finally getting like all the multiverses and introducing x-men and then bringing up charles as well so this is like what their second time talking about professor x 
Yeah, yep. I mean, you Professor see it X. in Multiverse of Madness, but yeah, then yeah, I talk about it here. And no, you I'm also get down. the don't forget at the end of Miss Marvel, it's revealed that Kamala is a mutant. Uh, so and they play the X Men, yeah. you know, music drop thing. So Kamala is a mutant as well. Big K. Oh, I that's why I was wondering, and I texted you. I was like, she has powers outside of the the brace the bangles that she has on her. So yeah. she just has those powers, right? Now she got two. She about to really stand on business. Hold she got on. two of them now. Remember when she took um when Darbin took the the, the band off of her and she was still like low key using powers? Yeah. yeah. Recognize that? yeah. I I well she like used it after uh to like bring them into the ship or whatever. Yeah, yep. and yep. she she wasn't wearing either or. Yeah, and so I was wondering, is like do, does that give her the power? I don't I and could never they'll, they'll, they'll write it in somewhere. Yeah, they're gonna have to address that because they didn't really. It just kind of happens. And you're just like, oh, okay, okay, so she can use her powers, and I don't think she. I don't think there's the Miss Marvel scene where she does that. So that, mm-hmm. that would be a new thing of her power set. But she is a mutant, so maybe they wrote themselves out of that, you know, uh, in that way. Uh, Tej, your your faves are here. Who? The X Men. The X Men. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I was very happy to see Beast. Kelsey Grammer's been busy, y'all. Kelsey Grammer's also doing the Frasier reboot right now. Like that's that's the thing that's happening. So Kelsey Grammer, uh, busy man, getting those checks. <laughs> Frasier is He's my favorite show of all time. Y'all will not ruin this for me with your new fangled bullshit. I will not be where watching. David where David Hyde Pierce isn't even a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> They, I, I'm very happy to see the X-Men. I also really like the mid credit scene, which was basically Kamala Khan breaks into Kate Bishop's house and is recruiting yeah. Kate Bishop for the Teen Avengers. So that t- tells us a couple things. One, it tells us, which we already knew, we knew Kamala was going to be in the Teen Avengers, and we knew that Kate Bishop was going to be in Teen Avengers because those were two mm-hmm. of the better-received uh, Marvel Plus shows. We know that Echo mm-hmm. is going to be in it. You know, uh, Riri Williams is going to be in it because she we introduced her in Black Panther 3. Still don't know why we introduced from, her in Black um, Panther 3. What about the young fella from um, Captain Falcon? Was it Captain Falcon? Oh, that's Captain right. The, when he meets the kid. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Captain the Winter Soldier, when he meets the kid uh, outside the house. So the, yeah, we, we're getting strange, the Young Avengers. Yeah. Yes. We're getting the Young Avengers. We're getting the Teen Avengers. It's going to be fire. And having a Mavilani oh, in that Hulk. cast... And, and and we're also and you know having Iman Vellani and uh what's the what's what's the quarterback girlfriend's name who plays Kate Bishop what's her face Haley Haley Steinfeld having her having their kind of sarcastic wit going bar for bar that by itself is going to be good let alone the brew of all the other Teen Avengers Teen Avengers is going to be really good I hope I don't know if they have announced this yet but I hope it's a movie I hope it's not a TV yeah. show put those kids on the screen and let's really run the bag up. You can get all the kids in America to be in on this. We can really TikTok this film up. Teach. Let's have a good time. Do you think we're going to get Young Hulk after uh, what the, the end of She-Hulk? When, How did um, She-Hulk end again? <laughs> they Many had, people like, are like, asking. They had like a big cookout and um, Bruce finally came back and said, hey, everybody meet my son. Um, I oh, that's right. He has a son. We're doing World War Hulk. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, so I definitely think we're going to get Young Hulk there. But we're going to have a lot of bodies to come bring off the bench for the Teen Avengers, and we got to make sure everybody gets the right amount of minutes. But Iman Vellani needs to have the offense running through her uh, while she's on the floor for sure because she is her. You need to have Iman Vellani and Haley Steinfeld on the floor for all 48 minutes. Facts. Never, facts. never run a unit without them out there. Facts. 
If one comes off, one has to be on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Exactly. Staggered. We got we're building around them, and we got a very strong base that happens to be two women-led characters of and they're gonna be fucking phenomenal. That project looks like in the right hands could be something that's not only monetarily really big, but also really fun. So it's hard to walk away from this movie, although you know, this this movie is fun by itself, don't get me wrong, but it's hard to walk away from it feeling down in the doldrums when we got X-Men. And we got Teen Avenger set up like that's that. Those are two big things for me going forward. I, we're having a good time. I, I, I don't really understand why. I understand why the haters and the losers and the people that want Marvel to f- fail did what they did. But the people who actually generally want good things from Marvel, there's no reason to be down about this film. Trust me, we've 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 seen worse. We've seen much worse. We've seen worse from the TV shows. We've seen worse films. And this was we've a perfectly good fun time. <laughs> yes, facts. Uh, I mean, people, Ant-Man was a mess. The Absolutely. people on, on Facebook are saying it's because that you're trying to uh, uh, make Marvel too female-driven, and nobody wants to nobody wants to watch that, is, is what the people on Facebook are saying. I, I, I want to watch that, actually. Many I people do, do actually. <laughs> when it hits streaming, a lot of people are going to see it. Kids are going to like it, just like you said. That's like, what's fucked up about it, is that like so many people want to comment on Facebook or on Twitter and be big online and say, look, and this is me being bad online on a podcast that I run, but like it, it's just like so many people want to like hide behind that and say, oh, well, they're just, you can't have, you can't have a female driven yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, Bro, you're gonna watch this with your wife on a Tuesday night with your kids. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. Shut up. <laughs> and you're not gonna have a bad time. You're not. It's not gonna. Be, you're not gonna. You're be gonna like, walk away. And you're thing. gonna. Yeah, you're gonna walk away. And be like, you know, I had a pretty good time with that when yeah. you're with your buddies, and you'd be like, oh, I thought it was pretty good. And then it's just shut the fuck up. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Cook them. Cook them. Ah. Like, I, I'm, I'm done with the discourse about well, you know, nobody wants to see female driven. And it's just like, just, just. Get some pussy one time. That's all I'm asking. Well, Nia DaCosta only directed two movies before this. Why did they give her this movie already? No, nah, hey, they, they like pussy. They just don't like women. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. fair. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, fair. You know what? what? Good. Luster. Incredible. <laughs> what, are, what are our final uh, Marvel's thoughts uh, before we go on to some capital C cinema? Yeah, some big Z cinema. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Kamala's her. Please don't do this, Dex. Um, Kamala is her. Yeah. I I'm interested to see how they stagger their movies going forward. I, I know that like um, Deadpool three was like breaking striking rights and like writing and filming probably during during the strike. But um, so oh. I'm I'm interested to don't sue me. I that's just like what what i've seen on twitter this is all jokes but um <laughs> the this is a comedy podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> i i i'm interested to see how they stagger this and like what what the contra- content drip is going forward because that's kind of been the complaint of what we have to keep up with but uh, that's kind of my my thought on it one last thing roy yeah um I prefer Nick Fury in the Marvels than in um, what's that trash ass show? Secret, Secret Invasion. Yeah, I prefer this Nick Fury. I, oh, like, I was gonna say Nick Fury. he's like having a, just the best time. Like he's it's, just like he's making so much fun, and he loves Kamala. Also, they wrote over Secret Invasion, so the way that Secret Invasion 
basically the whole point of Secret Invasion was that the Skrulls don't have a planet to go live on for 20 years. Meanwhile, at the end of this film, mm-hmm. those like the like the, uh they they go uh Valkyrie comes and takes the remaining scrolls that are on this other planet. Valkyrie comes and takes them back to their own, like back to new new Asgard. So it's yeah, like new, the new Asgardians got a new place to live literally immediately. And the and the scroll have been waiting for 20 plus years. Them niggas are still not only do they have not have a place to live, but now they are public enemy number one on earth because there was a whole war against them and now we're bringing more of them to earth i just there's some there's some weird secret invasion stuff going on that doesn't really make sense when you put these projects together i tell you tell you why i'm not confused is because i didn't pay a minute of attention to secret invasion and you won for that because that shit was useless it literally doesn't matter (laughs) they literally tried to make us believe that after after roadie has been a scroll the whole time after the events of the of the first uh well actually the second Iron Man movie, basically he was a scroll the whole time. They literally wrote that in there. Nobody acknowledged it, everybody hated it, they haven't said shit about it since, and they probably will just act like it didn't happen because Secret Invasion, much like Moonlight, Moon Knight did not happen. We hate Brother, it. please come on, man. We hate it. Uh, we, we, had, we had some good moments. Sure. Yeah, but that uh, shit went off. That was a great moment. I said, thank God I don't have to watch Moon Knight ever again. I'm not watching season two of Moon Knight. I love myself too much. There's no way in there. <laughs> um, I will say we didn't talk about the like the whole cat sequence. Uh oh, I mentioned it. I loved it. That was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was I was like, I, this is funny. What is what are we doing? <laughs> like, it's just, it was horror for them people. Yeah, just like just they were the scared as fuck. Me. I'm not letting a cat Do eat me either. Do not run away. <laughs> I'll take my chance up in space. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, we are going to – that has been the Marvel's review. We're about an hour in, but we are going to – well, I'm going to take a break for like two seconds and then come back, and we are going to talk about the latest masterclass from uh, director and our tour, David Fincher, The Killer. Uh, Ooh, a that's film about which, Yeah, sure am, dog. <laughs> while you're taking about- a break, I can introduce this film if you want me to do the Royden job while you're taking. Yeah, do the do the whole thing, and because I, I just to full disclosure, I have to pee so bad. So we're gonna go ahead do and do the thing. thing. Right. So let me pull up my information about the killer. Where is it? Okay, there we go. All right, so the killer uh, just came out a couple weeks ago. I had the pleasure of seeing it in the theater, but it, it came out on Netflix, which is how most people are seeing it. Uh, oh, shit. This is showing me something that's called The Killer that is not The Killer. What? Why is it doing that? Okay, hold on. Oh, never mind. So the, the description I'm getting is, after a fatal near miss, an assassin battles his employees and his employers and himself on an international manhood, he insists isn't personal. Like uh, Royden said, this is a David Fincher film. Uh, obviously, one of the best living uh, directors in terms of reputation, in terms of output. Uh, let's see. On IMDb, it's got a 6.9 out of 10. It just came out uh, this year. Uh, and I'll just start. And why don't we just go from there? Um, I had a great time with this film. Uh, it's not a perfect film by any means. 
in that first 15 minutes, I luckily I was in a movie theater, so I was never going to give up on it. And I love Fincher too much to give up on a movie of his in 15 minutes. But the first, where we're getting the first scene where he's just basically talking to himself and showing you his, showing you his basically like his routine, what he does, the stretches yeah. that he does, the, you know, the playlist that he's listening to, how he's, he's basically a lot of waiting around, waiting for the right moment to kill your, your target. I thought that stuff was very fascinating to be in his brain. But I thought he was going to be really him because it's so <laughs> first of all, Fassbender is fucking jacked. He is. It is insane that that man is built the way that he's built. Paul's Fassbender is fucking jacked and seeing him on screen. is just fun. He's just an incredible actor. Seeing him sit in a dingy ass room getting prepared to kill somebody was just fun. The sound editing of this movie and in that first scene specifically where we're playing using the song by the Smiths that they use in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That first of all, that song is fucking incredible. But the way you're jumping from the the headphone sound to the nat sound to you know the mm-hmm. way that they're weaving that through that shit was perfect. That was that was capital C cinema. The way that they're showing they're doing the rear window, you know, like the, they're showing the balcony and you can see through the balcony and through the glass of the suite of the person he's trying to kill. I just thought that first scene really drew me in, especially you know, basically he this guy is not him. Like he's actually not good at his job. He makes a whole bunch of decisions that are awful, and you realize at this point that he is not really him. He is the, the killer is not really that guy. He is not the LeBron James of killing. He is more like the Darko Milicic of killing. And but he has a lot of thoughts and ideas about how to be a very efficient, very good killer. But on the field, he's Ben Simmons, so it did not it did not work out for him in that way. But I just really like the style of this movie. Using all those Smith songs just really worked for me. That music is like a perfect encapsulation of what I think Fetcher was trying to capture. The ending of this film is just like the most milquetoast, dumb ending I've ever seen. <laughs> but the journey yeah. of it, it was was so much fun. Watching that fight scene is probably one of the coolest fight scenes I've seen in the movie in a long time. That the fight scene was so brutal. The, the one in Florida. Like the, yeah. the fight scene was so fucking be- brutal. Like I had a great time watching that. I Like I said, I watched this in the theater. When that fight scene started, I was sitting on literally the edge of my seat. That shit looked so real and so intense, and I just I, I had a good time with this movie. Uh, I, I'm a big Fincher fan. It's not amongst his, the best stuff that he's ever made, but he's got interesting things to say and an interesting uh, way of presenting this film. And I really enjoyed it. I, I think I would give it a B plus. I had a good time with it. I'm definitely gonna watch it again. It's not very long. Now that it's on Netflix, I want to watch it again. I have watched that first scene again probably 20 times because I think it's perfect. But I, I have not run the rest of the movie back, but I can't wait to watch it again. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Who's going? Roy, you go. Well, no, has Luster given it a review? I have not. No, nobody but me have given it a review. Um, go ahead, Luster. Like he he talked he told me about um what we will be discussing. I was like, you know what? Let me do my due di- due diligence and try it out. <sighs> I got 15 minutes in, and I said, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I told Teach, I'm, like, not going to be able to do it. And he's like, but it, it, he's him. He's him. Like, it's going to cook. I'm like, you know what? I'll take you away for it. I, I power through. <laughs> and when I when I saw him miss that shot, and he hit the bad bitch instead of the old guy, I said, this, is, this, this movie, it's already starting off with a D with me. You're killing bad bitches. I like bad bitches. And that, that woman was built nicely. <laughs> and I'm thinking myself like, dang, he hates women. That's tough. But I love the whole like him 
breaking down the gun in pieces, disposing it in like some of the most cleanest ways, like to how to get away with a crime, and then just transitioning from country to country. I would say my favorite part of the film was it chapter three or four when he went to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, no chapter. It was like chapter two. Okay. When he was in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, him like switching out the different tags that he had. I'm like, oh, this brother, he's he's serious about his job. He's not very good at it, but he he takes it seriously. <laughs> but he didn't have to kill Dolores. Dolores was a beautiful woman. She didn't need that. She was gonna, <laughs> she was gonna keep quiet. But overall, <laughs> like you said, I love the fight sequence. Um, not all of us Floridians fight like that. That is a 200 pound Samoan man who is trained <laughs> to go and who loves pit bulls. Born ready to but, go. Born ready yeah, to go. I did not enjoy that ending. It was so anticlimactic. It stinks. It, it's it like stinks. it. it, it that's all stinks. I disagree. Like you, you finished the movie with your old lady at the crib that got broken into, and she got she got hemmed up. Like, come on, man! You should you should have folded a uh, homeboy, that Apple Tech guy. You should have folded him in his in his apartment. Steve Jobs had to go, brother. Steve Jobs. Yeah. I got Steve Jobs the fuck out of he here. Should, he should have been worn on a t-shirt. <laughs> but I give it I give it a B plus. Damn, that's high. It's just the, the, the <laughs> I forgot. It's just the ending that threw me off. I, I don't know if I want to go and then let Dex like have his way with this or <laughs> it sounds like he didn't cook. Let yeah, I'll cook. Let, I'll give Dex a runway here in a minute. Um I don't um, necessarily love ascribing purpose to everything that the directors do. Uh, you watch Dune or whatever, and people are like, did, well, Denny Villeneuve did, you know, made this in the desert because it's Dune. And you're like, yeah, you know, like I get it. Like, it, it, it's like the people, there's certain directors, Scorsese, um, Spielberg, a lot of these like high profile directors. And I think the, the, the worst of the worst is, uh, Oh, uh, well, I mean, Francis Ford Coppola is another one, but also, uh, who is the director of the shining, which, which I, and 2001, a space odyssey, Kubrick? uh, Kubrick. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it Kubrick is the, is the worst of these where people really assign purpose to every single shot. And every single thing that he has directed. Mm-hmm. I hate doing that. I think it's like stupid because most of the time, if you like listen to they, they Christopher Nolan sometimes will have this too, but like they will tell you, no, I just like that because it was blue. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is people. Well, the, the, the color and the hue of the afternoon really describes what the person is feeling. Cause <laughs> like, I just really like, like the shot, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but that being said, what we know about Fincher and that he is quite literally, uh, a, He's this sort of type A. Um, what's the uh, what's the term for auteur? Well, no, not auteur, but like, what's the term for the the mental illness where you have to like certain things have to be so like OCD. OCD. Thank OCD. you. I'm I'm all over the place, but like he's type A OCD. Like we know this, 
and I, I hate ascribing things to these people, but what we know about him and that this whole film is basically, and he's kind of said as much is a comment on his work watching this. I couldn't help but be enamored by that. You can't, and I, you, it's right there, bro. You can't, yeah. you can't watch the film without thinking about it in that way. And you're just like, Oh, this is just about him. He's the killer, which is a weird thing to say, but like, he's, he's the guy. And this is a comment about how either he's sold out or continues to sell out, but still do his job. There's weird consumerism stuff in this thing that is still about that we know from uh, Fight Club. And we shat on that movie, which you can go back and listen to that. <laughs> but uh, but there's there's still the weird consumerism stuff, which is something that we know that he hasn't quite come to grips with, is that he is a director for hire. and that, But he makes these kind of brilliant pieces. And... I I just as an exercise of a director's psyche, I thought it was awesome. But on top of that, I thought Michael Fassbender was great. <laughs> I thought the action when it happened was really good. Yeah, the movie does kind of end, but I think this is the biggest comment on nihilism since uh Unforgiven. Um mm. a Clint Eastwood movie, which if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I just think that it it is the biggest it is the biggest comment on like none of the shit matters that I've seen in a long time. You're all going to die and it just is the sun is going to explode and I really <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, eat at Arby's. Like it <laughs> I I just yeah, I just think it is a great comment on that. I think it's a comment on a man in his sixties looking back at the work that he has done and how it's appreciated by people and how he views his own work on top of all that. I think it is just the best movie that uh, Michael Fassbender has been in, in like a decade. So that's really cool. Um, he hasn't even made a movie in like five years. It's crazy. Yeah. We haven't seen He's out there like racing cars. So He's that's living so his crazy. best life in like Argentina or wherever he lives. Portugal, I think actually completely the other side of the world, but like, it, like, it's just to me, and Dex is going to say like all of that is fine. None of that a good movie makes. But I think <laughs> it is so. I think it is so expertly crafted in that in the build up to, in the build up to this this catharsis that none of this actually matters was so cool to me, um, and also the conflicted comment on yeah, I'm really good at this job and I want to be this tour, but also I'm selling this shit to Netflix and uh, it, it is right there. And I think it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think as a think piece, which I hate movies most of the time. And I just said that I hate when everything is ascribed to a director, but in this case, I just absolutely loved it because it was entertaining to me. And I think this movie fucking rips. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, I give it, I give it a B plus. I think I think I will watch this several more times. Not peak Fincher, obviously not the social network, which is probably the best movie of the last, you know, of the century or not of the century, but of the last decade. But yeah, I, I, I will watch this several times. Yeah. Dex, um, feel free. <laughs> 
So, look, I can respect uh, the take that this is like a commentary on his own work, like his career and all that stuff. And that's that's great and fine and dandy, except I don't give a fuck about directors like that. So, like, I'm, like, I'm just not here for that kind of work. Uh, Martin Scorsese did it with the Irishman, uh, the Irishman and I'm like, so? Like, <laughs> I want to watch it. I don't care about like your own thoughts about your work. That's not that doesn't move me because I don't well, like the Irishman. This was like this wasn't three and a half hours long. Yeah, which this is, is probably why I liked this it. Is, uh, <laughs> much much easier hang than uh, the Irishman. I actually did uh, watch all this movie in one sitting, which I wasn't expecting at first. Um, I sat through the first like 15, 20 minutes open, and it immediately kicked off with one of my biggest pet peeves in the movie which is narration from the protagonist. Because... I knew that was going to be your hang-up. When I was watching this film, I was like, Dex is going to fucking hate the fact that we're I already getting the narration. The problem with narration like that is that it immediately signals to you that what you are watching is probably better as a book. And this is, like, based on, like, what, like a graphic novel or something? I don't remember mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but... Like as soon as you start having to explain the main characters like inner thoughts, like to get you into the movie, that just means the plot's about to be very light, and it's mostly vibes, and it's probably better in written form, like to me. And you can feel big swaths of the dialogue from the book. I've never read the graphic novel, but you can feel like this is some shit that somebody wrote down in the book that we're putting word for word, bar for bar in the narration. You could really feel that in this movie. So I really don't like that. That always sets sets me off a little bit. Um, but I powered through. I was like, okay, like the guy is apparently is an idiot who like is a bad assassin. Uh, so like I'll interested to see where this goes. And then it just went nowhere. It felt like, <laughs> you know, um, it felt like the. You know how, like, in Kill Bill, it's all about, like, revenge on the organization she was a part of. Like, they're all master assassins, and they turned on her. She has to go and kill them all. It felt like that, except boring. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what if you Damn. did kill, but it wasn't fun? Uh, he goes and he gets revenge on all these people. And, like, there's just nothing interesting about them. There's not very much interesting about the way that he kills them. They all also seem to be idiots. You know, like, it's not like he's taking on some very large threat that's, like, hard to penetrate and, like, requires all this skill and guile out of him. It's a comment on Hollywood executives, man. It literally just walks into an office building and, like, this group of assassins ain't got no kind of guns on them. Like, everybody in this office gets caught lacking, like, just immediately. Like, that's whack. (laughs) They keep paper records on hits they put out. Like, what kind of criminal organization is this? This sucks. Like, I, just, I don't know. Uh, there's two good scenes in this movie. To me. Uh, the fight scene in Florida, that was just, that's just fun. I, who doesn't want to see Michael Fassbender fight some big Samoan dude and them go blow for blow? Like, that was awesome. And the Tilda Swinton scene rules. Like, Tilda Swinton is in this movie for, like, she's five great, minutes. Man. And she's fantastic. She's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. She almost ascribes like a little bit more prestige to this than I think it almost deserves. Fair, because yeah. she lends her talents to it for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like watching her talk, and you're like, huh, 
it's all starting to make a little sense now. But then it's like, okay, it's, okay, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the thing he's like getting revenge for also just felt like they just had to put it in there. Like they didn't really care about it. They were like, uh, oh, yeah, he has a wife. We're going to get her beat up. Not killed, just beat up. Like, we're going to look at her for like two seconds, and then we're right back to what we were doing before. Back to the inner narration. Like, let's uh, get back on our across the world, killing random people for whatever reason. I just wasn't. The stakes never felt high enough. Everything he was doing never felt cool or interesting enough. And like I said, I don't really care to hear David Fincher's commentary on his life and his work personally like no disrespect to people who do like that i just don't care so i this movie had nothing for me other than till clinton d plus d plus is d plus d plus you know drake just dropped some new music and i'm gonna shit on it online now i'm gonna completely <laughs> shit on it now you will pay for these crimes dex you will pay for this <laughs> to another man's work <laughs> that's nasty to eat <laughs> I hate this song because David Fincher made a movie. <laughs> like, people are, what? <laughs> D like, plus! D plus, man. Well, I, I, def- Tej, I, I do want to, like, focus on, and you comment, I heard a little bit of it, why, like, why it's so important that, like, everyone is fucking terrible at their job in this. And... I think it's like I think it really is. I think it really, and we don't want to. We get can get too metatextual on this, and this is probably like the most meta movie since like Twenty One Jump Street. But like I, I think, I think it is important. Like, do you have a thought on why everyone kind of sucks and is everybody's getting the getting the he's getting the jump on everybody and he also sucks at his job and everything like it's, that? It's like the perfect like I, we have a literal perfect one-to-one comparison of the fact that his job is to make a hit and all these people behind him and all these people that employed him are doing that so they can make a hit so he can make a hit and so uh, the hit goes wrong and whose fault is it that the hit goes wrong well we could say that our hitman is not him maybe that's what happened but maybe our hitman is actually him and the exactly whole, what i was the way that everything for. is set mm-hmm. up is just bad and so maybe the lawyers are bad maybe the executives are bad maybe the studio is bad and so, so to kind of have that be the commentary throughout the film is just cool. It's just it just works so well from someone who's had the career of Fincher, who was making big movies and and has made you know the biggest movies, not just in terms of uh, finance, but also in terms of like critical acclaim. But also now is a corporate shield for Netflix. Also now has got to had to go through the fact that everybody loved Mindhunter, and because it wasn't making enough money, they canceled that shit. We, we didn't get any into that, even though everybody that was watching it was in love with it. We all loved it. So he's working in this system. And I just love the fact that that is such a cool way to present the story, which is like everything's kind of going wrong for everyone at all times in this movie. Like everybody is making bad decisions. Everybody's just reacting to something that happened in a mistake that was made. And we're all just everything get, goes out of control. And I just found that part to be really cool. I'm just like you. When I was watching it, I could not stop thinking about that. I, I made that connection almost immediately. This is this is a Fincher film about Fincher. And I, I just like that kind of metatextual stuff. It really worked for the film. On top of the fact that just the actual way this film looks, the way this film sounds, 
it's it's fucking fun. It's fast, and it it fucks. This movie fucks, bros. This shit is fire. <laughs> I the ending, say fun, but okay. The, the ending is trash. Like it just the movie literally just ends. Like it's it's a trash ending. But this this is a ride, and it is. I felt something. I I felt things in that fight scene. Like that. Like we we really got some real cinema out of it. And we have the metatextual stuff that you can dig into as much as you want to engage on that level. And I just think that the mixture of those two things just made for a really fun time for me. Look, question for y'all. Go ahead, Lester. Oh, my, my fault, bro. Um, did y'all think the cab driver cab driver deserved to die? I thought he wasn't gonna kill him at first, and then it, that, I thought so. That's what I knew we were. Show no empathy. He, like, he said it. He told y'all. He told y'all all his bars in the first fifteen minutes, and Dex was too busy worried about. How he was hearing the bars to listen to the bars. He said no empathy. <laughs> he said no, no, don't feel empathy. I knew he was, I knew that cab driver was getting cooked. I knew that lady that he locked in the room. I knew she was getting cooked. But he did push her down the stairs and make it look like she broke her neck so that we could throw her to the life insurance thing because that's what she said. So he mm-hmm. did show a little bit of humanity there, but I knew she was getting cooked. No, yeah, everybody's getting cooked. That's why I don't like that he didn't cook Steve Steve Jobs. Why not cook yeah. him? Why? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you know, you got everybody else. Come on. Because he's the money. They're always going to be. That's the thing. Netflix is always going to be there, brother. That's the thing. Right. Tilda was really cooking in that scene with him. The way that Fastbender just has such a content for her in that scene, the way that like the way that they had that chemistry on screen, it's just a really cool scene. They could have talked for another 10 minutes, and I would have been fine with it. I was having a great time watching them have their conversation. This movie becomes so much better if they just kill the wife for the my opinion. Yeah. Like just just kill her. Like what are we doing? Like why why is she still alive? What for what? Dex advocates for fridging of women. That's what Dex yeah. is saying. That, that's Dex's oh. bars. Dex advocates for fridging. Relax, that's brother. what he does. I just, I just spent an hour talking about the marbles. <laughs> All right, don't do this to me. <laughs> a woman of color I love too, the a Dominican woman. That's crazy. Uh-oh. I'm just saying, like uh, the stakes immediately get so much higher. Kill the wife at the beginning, and everyone doesn't feel like a complete waste of time. All the villains, what are they? Re- but are they like really villains? That's the whole kind of thing to me. I mean, <laughs> villains to a- who? A mass murderer? Oh shit! I mean, yeah. I mean, they did like go beat his wife's ass, but like. Yeah. Turn it up. Go all the way with it. <laughs> You're assassin. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a. a, a I I'm not gonna like shit on you if you think that this movie is bad. Like, I really won't. Like I I kind of understand it, but I also think that we're gonna look back on Fincher's career in you know once he passes, you know in 30, 40 years, whatever it is. And we're going to relook at the killer with a little bit more critical lens than I think people are right now. And I think it's not going to be up there with the social network seven. Uh, gone few girl. Things are. <laughs> gone girl. You know, gone girl. Like it, it, he has certified hood classics is what I'm saying. But like, I just, I don't think that, I, I really think this is going to be one of the ones that like capital C or capital F film uh, film critics and 
film uh, aficionados or professors are going to teach some stuff about when we look back on the career of David Fincher. The they're going to be like... The Criterion Collection nerds are going to be like the killer. That's real cinema. No, I mean, I, I'm being serious. I really think, I really think that we're going to look back on it. I mean, the Criterion Collection has already been issued for The Irishman, but I just think that... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't have much else like smart to say about this movie. A lot more brilliant people than I have a lot better thoughts than us or thoughts than me, but um, I don't get the Smith stuff because I'm too young. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know the Smith like that. There's some nasty political stuff to that part of the culture. I'm only 29. The lead singer of the the Smith has, let's just say he has some hashtag takes uh, about certain things and he has been, uh, kind of canceled and largely kind of ignored, and you can't really like get another record deal, despite the fact that he's kind of a music legend amongst some. Morrissey, kind of right? Some. Yeah. Morrissey, yeah. So even using all those, all those, uh, you know, those all those Smith songs is another statement about something else. And I, Fincher has a lot of thoughts, hashtag thoughts on cancel culture, and so he's definitely trying to do some of that here. But I don't know enough about why Morrissey was canceled or what kind of trash opinions he has to understand why he was canceled. So I, I can't really read into that much as far, but I do know that there's this was a very intentional thing. But also, and I'm I'm not trying to offend anyone because I don't know what Morrissey did or, or or whatever he got canceled for, but some of this music in here really slept, bros. That song that he uses for that first scene, that shit is fire. I'm sorry. The song is incredible. Oh, it works I don't perfectly. think it's, I don't think it's offensive to say the Smiths rocks, but like I don't <laughs> I, I mean don't they, 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 they I, I'm not I wasn't very familiar with their game. But this shit was jamming. I was having a great time. It was a great playlist. I would listen to the Smiths playlist. So, you know, I, I, no disrespect to anyone who's offended by the fact that they make music or whatever. But, hey, that shit was jamming. And I, I like I like those needle drops, especially the first one that you get. It's just I will never forget how that felt. I've watched that scene like 20 times. It's perfect. The sound editing of that is just such a smart way to edit the sound. I have never really seen that in a movie before, but I just I just love the way that sound was edited, and that stuff that stuff really stuck out to me in terms of the care of the craft with capital also, C Dex craft. I I love I love that Fincher's comment on how he knows that he's a corporate whore, uh, but he also will just put WeWork and Amazon and everything in his movies. He's just like. He's like, I get it. You know what I mean? That's so funny to me is that he's like, hey, capitalism sucks, right? But here's this uh, card reader brought to you by Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird confliction, which I think he struggled with his entire career. So I don't know. Um, Dex, any more takes? Uh, Let's see. Michael Fassbender and more things. Uh, Please. He, oh I yeah, next goal like wins. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like his character very much on this, but like he's still cool. Like Miles Green is just cool. Um, I want more of him. So, so. I'm gonna start this doing movie. since Phoenix. <laughs> Ooh, brother, Dang. insane. I'm gonna start doing uh, stretches. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I, I I think I need to incorporate some of his stretches into my personal game. Uh, because Michael Fassbender. 
was looked very nimble and he definitely looked like that stretching was helping him be trash at his job. And I think stretching can help me be trash at my job too. So I, I, I want to <laughs> incorporate some of that. Tomorrow. Are you the killer? I, I am not the killer. I don't have the kind of discipline. I don't have that kind of discipline. He's way more disciplined. I, than I me. mean, when he bend when he bent over his at his waist and put his head to his toes, I was like, I yeah. am. I can't. I don't think I can. I could not relate. In general. And also, he'd be eating trash. He literally got the burger, took the bread off, and just ate the burger. That I, I did not. When he did that, I did not feel that. No, not I a not burger. A, oh, no, a, like a, a McMuffin. Like a, a, a McMuffin took the bread off and just ate like the rest of the protein. No, I did not feel that when he did that. I did not feel that at all. I hear disrespecting McDonald's like that. Dexty, <laughs> is that how you start your day? Uh, totally, for sure. <laughs> McDonald's is a great place where you can get 10 grams of protein. And, any, and it's just like... <laughs> Love that. All right. Uh, we're going to move into our most famous segment called What We're Watching. Luster, what are you watching? I'm watching Invincible. Hell yeah, Turn dude. that shit up. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, have, have you guys read the comics or no? I have no, I have not. Number, I have the okay. first comic in my, in my shelf, actually. Okay. So, yeah, uh, actually, like, when we hop off, I'm going to hop on that. Um, but, yeah, man, I've, I've been rocking with Invincible since uh, I saw Omni-Man smash somebody with a mallet. And when I finished the season, like, I want more. So I read the comics, and I know what's coming, and I just got to be patient. But um, we, we own Invincible right now. Big mark. Love that. I gotta I gotta tune in. I also gotta watch Gen V, but um please do. Yeah, that because I love those shows. But Dex, what are we watching? Uh I watched Loki, uh, like I talked about. That was the last TV show that I've seen. Other than that, I've been watching CJ Stroud and the Houston Football Texans kick some ass. Uh, and your Houston soccer dynamo out here in the playoffs. I'm all in eventual all champs. Eventual, eventual champs. champs. The once and future champions of the MLS. Uh, honestly, I haven't had time to watch like a lot of TV and movies. So uh, it's been all sports. Shout out to Loki. It rules. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it. Um, probably the best season of Marvel show that we've gotten. Yes. Kiki Kwan, still him. I'm glad that he's back and getting all the work that he can handle. Giving so many hugs to people. Gonna go get more. <laughs> Yeah. He's trying to get that uh, Star Wars bag next. Go ahead, King. King. Get that Star Wars bag. <laughs> get it. You already got your Oscar. Now you can get the bag. Let's go. <laughs> Facts. So run it up. Uh, that's it for me. Teej. Uh, I also was watching Loki. Uh, I've been. I'm. I was also. I'm also watching Invincible. It's real big Invincible hours. I'm still watching Goosebumps. I just need to go ahead and, and finish that show up. Uh, you are uh, dragging your feet with that. Yeah, I'm, I've been trash about it, but I've mostly just been watching uh, uh, unhealthy amounts of college football. So that's really what's slowing me down. Uh, but I, I've been, I'm going back through Goosebumps. But yeah, big Loki. That shit was fire. I am Loki Hive. It was a great time. Everybody should watch it, especially Royden. And uh, I've been watching Invincible. That shit is great. Mark is really him. And fuck Omni Man and everybody that loves him. Oh, not, not, too about to hey, not, too, not too much on Big Nolan. He's about to come find you, dog. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you have to think, Teach. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I like I said, I've been watching all of the uh, the prequels to uh, Yellowstone, and now I will try to watch Yellowstone. Which all of the prequels to Yellowstone are on Paramount Plus, but 
Yellowstone is on Peacock, which what the fuck? Like nobody has Peacock. What what are we doing? Um, so I'm gonna try to watch Yellowstone. Uh, also, Lawman Bass Reeves is on uh, was on Paramount Plus, which is an incredible story. Um, if you haven't ever heard about Bass Reeves, but uh, it also stars some really talented people, including Dennis Quaid. But uh, David Oyelowo is uh, Bass Reeves, so it's good to good to see him and stuff. But um, other than that, oh, I started The Sopranos, which is uh, maybe the funniest show I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> this is your first time watching it? I've tried 18,000 times, just like The Wire, to watch it. It is worth it, brother. You're going to have a great time, but you're going to see some real elite racism. You, This is the, this is the top, top tier level of racism. Top oh, tier. Hold on, what show? Sopranos. Sopranos. Oh, okay, okay. It's like... It's like, yeah, it's it's ten out of ten racism. It's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> In like the first Racismo. episode. <laughs> you know my bag. Racismo. <laughs> that that that's the that's real racism in that show. But a really incredible run. Racismo is that what you just said? Racismo. <laughs> Racismo. Big. So yeah, I've been watching. Uh, I I watched the first couple episodes of Sopranos, and I think I'm gonna finally try to sit down and watch some of those old HBO shows that I really have put off. But uh, anyway. You're going to love this decision. This is one of the best decisions you've ever made. Yeah. So Sopranos. Shocking probably a- one. I have never seen The Sopranos. <laughs> you know, you know what's, uh, what's really funny is that, that you have just completely binged all of uh, The Wire, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Real cinema. Honestly, yeah, I watch TV when I live with my parents still, and now that I don't, like, I just, I don't know. I don't just have the. Do they have HBO? Do they TV. just have The Wire? <laughs> they had HBO. I just like The Sopranos just never a thing in our house. Like, gotcha. but they were like, let's watch The Wire because they had already seen it like as it came out, and I hadn't, and they were like just watching it again. And I was like, fuck it, like. And then I got invested, and so I finished The Wire. They teach. What's good? Do I lose my black card if I've never watched The Wire? No, because I know other people that have never watched it, but it is it is one of those things to where it's seminal. If you have any care or love for TV in any form, it is seminal, seminal viewing. It is really that good. And it right. and not only just that, it grabs you like that first season is so, so, so well done that it'll if you just give it a couple episodes, it'll really grab you. And it's not it's not a slow burner. It doesn't start slowly. Season two is a bit of a tone shift, and it'll end up fine. Get through season two. It's it's good, but it's very different, and you'll, you you kind of come out of season one on a high, and then you get to season two. You're like, what are we doing? But seasons three and four are some of the best television that's ever been made ever, and it, it I, you just got to do it. I can't guarantee I'll try, but I'll think about it. Yeah, I, I got about five episodes, five episodes in, dude, and I was like, Man, it's a lot of people talking about how their life is ass and how this drug deal went bad in a lot of words. And I just like a lot, of people, a lot of people standing on business too. You're gonna see a lot of people standing on business, business in the wire. You're gonna see it. A lot of people standing on absolute uh, business. Oh, also, uh, I was watching college football, but that sport is no longer exist in my mind. Uh, uh, Same thing. 
It's basketball. Yeah, we all met. If Baylor yeah. football, if Baylor football continues in its own direction, I will unalive myself. Not really, um, if you're actually watching this, but like, I'm just, I'm so done. Oh my god. I like just have completely like somebody asked me if we like on Monday at work. Somebody asked me if we won on Saturday, and I'm like, I don't even know. Who we no. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! I'm out. It's so good. It's real liberating when you're just like, I'm done. Like, I have what? a Saturday to myself. I don't know what the fuck they on. But like, right, we lost to uh, Arkansas. I was like, you know what? My mental health matters. <laughs> Florida, Billy Napier, leave me alone. Hey, bro. See, they Stroud playing too good of football for me to be worried about what y'all doing. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm out. You want me to worry about what children are doing on Saturday? No, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Grown men out here playing real football Sundays, baby. <laughs> Yeah, so uh oh oh my god. College basketball. ruined the <laughs> college, <Yeah. laughs> college basketball in that in... bring back boosters. Bring yeah. back boosters. Sacks of money on your front lawn. That's what I need. The real NIL. Bring back the bag man. Um so yeah, uh college, on that note, college basketball season and Adidas deals are back. Um and uh yeah, so was the NBA which I have Watched way too much of way too early on. This game winning streak, and I will be in the building tomorrow to see James Harden and the Clippers versus the Rockets. I'll be in the building. Uh, it's going to be oh. glorious. I can't <laughs> yeah, lose. Yeah, you really can't lose. That's weird. I cannot <laughs> lose. Uh, I, and the Rockets will stand on business, but the Clippers will get it together. I'm not worried about the Clippers yet. They will not win tomorrow because the Rockets are going to go for their seventh straight win. But the Clippers will be fine, and the Rockets have been standing on business. And when Alman Thompson gets back, when Cam Whitmore gets brought back up, we are going to be him, and and, and your Rockets are back. Basketball's back. Is the best case scenario that the Rockets win, but like James Harden goes for like thirty-four and ten? Yes, the best case scenario is James Harden drops 47, 40 and seventeen and nine, and I'm in the building, and the Rockets win the game on a buzzer beater by Singoon. Singun the goat. That's the best case scenario for me. I need it. I heard somebody call him Turk Nowitzki the other day. And oh, I, I, oh, that's really good. That's really good. And that's I have thinking about it. He is him. He is him. Yeah. Shout out to the Miami Heat. We on a seven game win streak, two and no one tournament play. How are the Heat good? I can't figure it out. And it's, it's that culture, baby. <laughs> It's that culture, baby. The worst, the hardest sport. working, most no professional, <laughs> gritty. Well, we can make a ham. <laughs> hey man, hey, we can turn a ham sandwich into a porterhouse. We 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 are him. I guess, man. I am. I'm sick of them, dude. I just like, just like you don't have good players. Why are you good? I don't understand. Anyway, Jimmy will. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Uh, all right. Luster, thank you so much. Where can we find your thank ad you, on online? Oh, man, just follow the the letters and the the number. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Um, if you want like filth and like terrible tweets and me yelling at Tua Tungavalua uh, every Sunday, that's where you can find me at um, King Lust at King King R. Lust and then Luster, but the E yep. is a three. Yep, that's me. Like, all right. If you want unwholesome tweets, I'm your guy. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate. Thank it. you for having fun. me. You can find Thank us at coming, uh, at Roy Nogletree, at Lord Dex Hinton, and at Les underscore Humble Tej. Reinstate both their original accounts, please. 
Elon. We really appreciate it. You can also find us at One Take Pod. That's the number one take pod on Instagram, Twitter, and everything else. TikTok. Sometimes I post on there when I'm feeling bored at work. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for watching us. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, One Take Podcast on YouTube. No, not the one with a lot of followers. The one with less followers on on YouTube. We're that one. Go subscribe to us if you want to watch these episodes in real time. And uh, Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. It was coming to strike it though. In 2024. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we're out. Numero, you and no, me and Jersey, this shit like the Super Bowl. Man, this shit then it big as the big as the what? Big as the what? Big as the what? Big as the Super Bowl, but the difference is it's just two guys playing shit that they did in the studio. Niggas usually send their verses back to me and they be terrible, just like a two-year-old. I love a dinner with some fine women when they start debating about who the gold. I'm like, go ahead, say it then. Who the gold? Who the gold? Who the gold? Who the gold? Who you bitches really rooting for? Like a kid that had bad from January to November, nigga. It's just.